the thief cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy i am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly discover the word identify yourself in the word meditate on the word speak the word walk in the word walk in the abundance of life that jesus christ has paid for welcome to this week's episode of the abundant life with gilbert and jacobina where the word of god is taught practically ushering you into all that christ is right for you we really appreciate you joining us this podcast really shows us how we can all learn live and thrive from the word of god by sharing knowledge through conversation and teaching we will impart some knowledge while still learning ourselves how to grow in the lord even further hello there and welcome to this week's episode of the abundant life podcast with gilbert and jacobina i am your host jacobina and this week we'll continue with our walk through in the book of galatians today we will look at galatians chapter 3 and instead of doing a commentary style type of study I would like to theme this podcast and put focus on the different arguments that uh, Paul uses to demonstrate to the Galatians that salvation is by faith and not by works of the law. So let's begin our study by looking at uh, Galatians chapter 3. Okay, Galatians chapter 3, uh, I'm reading in the New King James Version. It says, O foolish Galatians, who has bewitched you? that you should not obey the truth before whose eyes Jesus Christ was clearly portrayed among you as crucified. This only I want to learn from you. Did you receive the Spirit by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Are you so foolish, having begun in the Spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? Have you suffered so many things in vain, if indeed it was in vain? Therefore, he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Just as Abraham believed God and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Therefore, know that only those who are of faith are sons of Abraham. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the Gentiles by faith, preached the gospel to Abraham before him saying, In you all the nations shall be blessed. So then those who are of faith are blessed with, be- with believing Abraham. For as many as are of the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is everyone who does not continue in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them. But that no one is justified by the law in the sight of God is evident, for the just shall live by faith. Yet the law is not of faith, but the man who does them shall live by, by them. Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law, having become a curse for us. For it is written, Cursed is everyone who hangs on a tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak in the manner of men. Though it, though it is only a man's covenant, yet if it is confirmed, no one annuls or adds to it. Now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He does not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one and to your seed who is Christ. And this I say, that the law which was 430 years later cannot annul the covenant that was confirmed before by God in Christ, that it should make the promise of no effect. For if the inheritance is of the law, then it is no longer of promise, but God gave it to Abraham by promise. What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgression, till the seed should, till the seed uh, should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. 
Now, a mediator does not mediate for only one, but God is one. Is the law then against the promises of God? Certainly not. For if there had been a law given which could, which could have given life, truly righteousness would have been by law. But the scripture has confined all under sin, that the promise by faith in Jesus Christ might be given to those who believe. But before faith came, we were kept under God by the law, kept for the faith which would afterwards be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we're no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as were baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither slave nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Uh, I'm always amazed by the kind of language that Paul uses. Uh, he probably would have been very unpopular, an unpopular guy in church today, but he didn't live to please men, as we as we have seen in the previous chapters that we have uh, done a study on. And as we've already mentioned in the previous uh, last two episodes, Paul has made it clear to the Galatian church that Jesus' death and resurrection has changed everything. Jesus fulfilled the law. Rather, than the Galatians needing to be circumcised in order to be saved or to be justified before God. They need to only put their faith in Christ Jesus, in his finished work. And that faith, not, uh, not law, is the order of the day. So let's dive into the six arguments that Paul uses to draw our attention to this chapter. And as we, do, as we look at these arguments, uh, I want you to be reminded of what Jesus Christ has done for us, who we are in him, because of what he has done for us and how we ought to act as children of faith and not uh, children of the law. So the first uh, argument we'll look at is a personal argument and it's uh, from the first, uh, first five verses of Galatians chapter 3, verse 1 to 5, where Paul asks the Galatians to recall their personal experience with Christ when they were saved, when they had an, a personal experience with Jesus Christ for them to give their life to Christ. They had, they had seen the Son of God. Jesus Christ and him crucified. And Paul was actually emphasizing his death for sinners on the cross. And this portrayal was through the word of faith that they, had, that they had heard. And it wasn't by following the law. It was through the word of faith that was preached to them that they had heard. And Paul is reminding them of this. And they had received the Holy Spirit. So Paul is asking them a question. And he's saying, did you receive the Holy Spirit by faith in the word of God? or by doing the works of the law. And he was really just making a, a simple argument that they had received the Holy Spirit long before uh, the, the Judaizers were coming to, to try and convince uh, the Galatians to start observing Mosaic law. Therefore, the Holy Spirit came through faith rather than the law. They had, they had even experienced miracles amongst them that were attributed to the Holy Spirit. So the key verse we look at there is uh, verse 3, which says, are you so foolish? Having begun in the spirit, are you now being made perfect by the flesh? This is a, a question that Paul is asking them. The Galatians had begun their Christian life with the supernatural power of the spirit, but now they want to bring it to perfection by observing the law. And we need to have a vivid picture of, of a vivid depiction of Christ's saving work for us. And we need to abandon 
efforts that we have in ourselves to try and complete ourselves, we must go back again and again to the gospel of Christ crucified so that our hearts are, 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 we are gripped to the reality of what Jesus Christ has done for us and who we are in him. Our perfection is in him and it is not in our self-efforts. Okay, the second argument that uh, Paul makes, it's, it's Abraham's justification by faith. That's the second argument that he makes. And uh, Paul is actually quoting um, in, in, in verse 5, Galatians chapter 3 verse 5, he says, Therefore he who supplies the Spirit to you and works miracles among you, uh, does he do it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Verse 6, the verse 6 is the one I want us to look at. It says, just as Abraham believed God, it was accounted to him for righteousness. And when we look at um, Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, Genesis chapter 15 verse 6, that is where uh, Paul is quoting this scripture from, where he's saying that uh, God's righteousness was uh, placed on Abraham on account because he believed God's promise. And the Jewish people at the time thought that their relationship with Abraham guaranteed them eternal salvation. But what matters is not the physical descent that you have uh, with Abraham from being Jewish, but spiritual descent, having the same faith that Abraham did. Those who, who have faith are blessed alongside Abraham. And Abraham's promise was for all nations, and salvation belongs to the Gentiles as well. The, two, the true children of, of, of Abraham are both Jews and Gentiles who believe in Jesus Christ. This salvation is by faith, and it is not by law. Amen. Uh, the third argument that we will look at is the law cannot change the promise. The law cannot change the promise. And that we are looking at uh, Galatians chapter 3 from verse 15 to 18. And we, we also see that from verse 15 going downwards, uh, Paul is actually giving us, or is reasoning with, with the readers on the basis of what the covenant is and how it works. And Paul makes uh, several statements that help us understand the relationship between the promise and the law. Um, and when you, when you read uh, Genesis chapter 15, uh, Genesis chapter 15 uh, clearly tells us that God made a covenant with Abraham while he was asleep. And God not only made the promise to Abraham, but also to Christ and his seed. Uh, just as we see in Galatians uh, chapter 3 verse 16, it says, now to Abraham and his seed were the promises made. He did not say, and to seeds, as of many, but as of one. And to your seed, who is Christ. So the Bible concept of, of seed goes all the way back uh, into Genesis chapter 3, which was after the fall of men, um, where God states or talks about the conflict between uh, uh, Satan's seed and the woman's seed, which is obviously God's children and ultimately God's son. And we, we know that uh, Satan's ultimate goal, because of the words that God has said, uh, that, the, that, that the woman's seed will bruise his heel. We know that since the that beginning of that statement, Satan has been, has been trying to uh, find ways to eliminate whoever the seed was going to be. So God made this covenant of promise with Abraham through Christ so that the only parties who can make changes to this covenant is God the Father and God the Son. Moses could not alter this covenant. He couldn't add, add anything to it or take anything uh, away from it. And yet the Judaizers who were in Galatia 
were trying to add to God's grace. So this is what Paul was trying to correct in this chapter, that they were trying to add to the grace of God, to what already Jesus Christ has done for us with works of the law. And Paul was actually uh, counting from the time of, of, of Jacob, when uh, the time Jacob went to Egypt. And he, 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 he talks about the 430 years, that was between the, the time from when God confirmed the promise to, um, to Jacob until the giving of the law at Sinai. And the basic argument that Paul is making is very clear that a law um, given centuries later cannot change the covenant made by other parties. So the law that Moses was given could not change the covenant that God had with Abraham. Alright, um, the fourth argument that we'll look at is that the law is not greater than the promise. The law is not greater than the promise. Um, and when we look at Galatians chapter 3, we're still in chapter 3 from verse 19 to 20, it says, What purpose then does the law serve? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was appointed through angels by the hand of a mediator. Now a mediator does not mediate for, only, for, only, for one only, but, but God is one. Um, so the law is not greater than the promise, and, and Paul is pointing out to us um, that the law is inferior, inferior to the covenant, um, or promise in two different ways. Firstly, the law was temporary, and we see that in, in verse 19. The law had a termination point where it says, in, in verse 19, it says, uh, it was added because of transgression, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made. So it was until the seed, Christ, should come. And with the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ, the law and its righteous demands are fulfilled in us. Through the spirit and when you look at uh, Romans chapter 7 and 8 uh, that is shown to us very clear that the law was fulfilled in us through the spirit uh, secondly the law required a mediator uh, when God gave the law to Israel he did it by means of angels through the mediation of Moses so it went from God to the angels and then to Moses and then Moses uh, to the Israelites but when God made a covenant with Abraham he did it personally, without a mediator. And we should remember that it was God entering into a covenant with Abraham and not Abraham into covenant with God. So Paul was, uh, in this chapter, was looking at the essentials. The law was temporary and required a mediator. The covenant of promise was permanent and no mediator was required. Therefore, we can conclude that the covenant was actually uh, greater than the law. Okay, and then the fifth point that we'll look at, the fifth argument that Paul makes here, uh, is in Galatians uh, chapter 3 from verse 21 to 26, where uh, the law is not contrary to the promise. So Paul is addressing a question in, in verse 21. In verse 21 he says, Is the law then against the promise of God? Certainly not. He was addressing that question because I'm sure there were some... Uh, people there asking him to say, now you are making contradictory statements. Um, so the, the law is not contrary to the promise, but the law and grace complement each other. So we see in verse 21 that the law was not given to provide life. Um, the law regulated the lives of the Jewish people, but it could not provide the spiritual life to people. Uh, and if, if life and righteousness could come through the law, then Jesus Christ would have never died on the cross. 
And another point we, we see in verse 19 and verse 22 is that the law was given to reveal sin. It's here that we see that the, that the way the law and grace um, cooperate in bringing the lost sinner to Jesus Christ. So the, the, the law shows the sinner his guilt and grace shows him that uh, forgiveness, he can get forgiveness uh, in Christ Jesus. Um, and in these verses we can also see that the law is holy, just and good. But the law does not. The law does not make sinners. Actually, it reveals to one that they are a sinner, and it is grace that provides the cleansing through the blood of uh, that Jesus Christ has shed for us. So they were kind of using the law unlawfully. Um, the lawful way to use the law is to reveal sin and to cause men to see their need for salvation. It is not for us to use to try and achieve salvation by keeping of the law. God has no two ways of salvation. He only has one, and that is faith in Jesus Christ. And we also learn that um, the law was given to prepare the way for Christ. And Paul was actually using an, an, an illustration. If we, if we look from verse um, 23 to verse 26, uh, verse 23 to, to verse 26, it says, But before faith came, we were kept under God by the law, kept for the faith which would afterwards be revealed. Therefore the law was our tutor to bring us to Christ, that we might be justified by faith. But after faith has come, we are no longer under a tutor. For you are all sons of God through faith in Christ Jesus. And Paul was actually giving an illustration that was very uh, familiar in those days um, to, to, the, to the Galatians about a child guardian where in the, in the Roman and Greek households, there was well-educated slaves who took care of children and they either took them to and from school and they would watch them during the day. Sometimes they would teach the children, other times they would uh, discipline them and correct them. And this is what uh, Paul meant in, 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 in verse 24 where he talks about a schoolmaster. So this obviously does not apply to the same type of, of modern day schooling that we are looking at, but we're looking at from the perspective of that time, of the schooling that time, that Paul is, is illustrating. And in Paul's illustration, he was saying that, firstly, uh, he was saying Jews are not born through the law, but rather were brought up by the law. The, slaves, if you, the slave was not the child's father. He was the guardian or the tutor. So the law did not give life to Israel, it regulated life. And the Judaizers and Galatians um, were teaching that the law was necessary for life and righteousness. And Paul was actually showing them their error that the law does not bring life, but it's only faith in Christ Jesus where we have life and righteousness. And another thing that uh, Paul was teaching was that the work of the guardian was preparation to mature the child. And once the child is of age, uh, once, once, the, once the child is, is of age, they no longer needed a guardian. So the law was actually preparing the nation of Israel until the coming of, of the promised seed, who is Jesus Christ, and he did come. So he was correcting them to come to that point to know that Jesus Christ has come, and they are no longer under the tutorship of the law, but they are, they are to walk by faith in Christ Jesus. Um, and the last argument that we will look at is that the law cannot do the law cannot do what the promise can do. And this we see from verse 27 to um, verse 29, that with the coming of, of Christ, Israel moved from childhood to adulthood, 
and the law could never justify the guilty sinner. It is only through faith in Jesus Christ that the sinner is justified, declared righteous before God. Uh, and the law could never give oneness with God. It's, in fact, it separated men from God. And we see in verse 26, it says, For you are all sons of God through faith in, in, in Christ Jesus. So we see that in Christ Jesus, we have an amazing intimacy that exists between um, us as Christians and God the Father. And faith in, in, in Jesus Christ baptizes us into Christ. And this baptism of the Spirit identifies the believer with Christ and makes him part of the body. So we see also from verse 26 downwards that distinctions in, are removed in Christ Jesus. In, in Christ Jesus there are no races, there are no uh, status, there's no gender or nationality. All those things are of no value when it comes to defining our relationship with God through Christ Jesus. Um, and verse 29 says, And if you are Christ's, then you are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. So we see that the law would not make us heirs. The law would not make us heirs. And if we are in Christ by faith, then we too are Abraham's seed. We are heirs of the promise. And our lives ought to take on a new meaning. We are wonder when we realize this, when we realize who we are in him and what we have in him. And all this is by grace and it is not by law. You are a son in God's family. You are an heir of God. And the question I can just leave you with is, are you drawing on your inheritance? Or are you busy trying to work for it? Are you busy trying to gain approval by fulfilling the law or by doing works? Or with, with these arguments that Paul have, has made, um, I can just conclude this podcast and I, and I would say that it's not what we do that makes us who we are in him, but it is what he has done for us that makes us who we are in him. And who we are in him drives what we do in him and for him. Praise the Lord. I hope you have been blessed by the sharing of the word of God today. And I pray that it takes root on good ground and brings forth a hundredfold harvest in your life. Please ensure to subscribe. Follow the Abundant Life with Gilbert and Jacobina on our social media platforms. Join us again next week for another inspiring episode. And remember, Jesus came that you might have life and have it more abundantly. Declare that with me, more abundantly. Stay blessed.